Welcome to the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs, where we showcase energy healers, lightworkers, holistic coaches, hypnotherapists, and creatives using their intuitive healing and transformative gifts to create an impact and a healthy income, as well as celebrate their one-of-a-kind, soul-expressed businesses. We'll take a look at the inspirational and insightful money lessons and messages in the world around us. I'm Michelle Irevis, your host and fellow spiritual entrepreneur, learning, exploring, and uncovering the gifts and the personal growth opportunities of a soul-inspired business right alongside with you. Thanks so much for pressing the play button and listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back and welcome if you're a new listener to the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. This episode is about money and how we can start to heal our relationship with money. I'm your host, Michelle I. Revis. It's great to have you here. The subject of money can activate many undesirable thoughts and emotions. It's a subject that can push all the wrong buttons. Money is something that we need. We love to blame and we hate to desire. I decided to go ahead and talk about money because after all, it's the Money Lighthouse podcast. And because if it helps just one person listening, then it's a no-brainer. Besides, I also need to be reminded of these tips and tools for myself. I'm on the journey right alongside with you. Because I found that we must continuously work on our relationship with money, much like our relationship with partners, family, and friends, I've also found that healing our relationship with money takes time, patience, and compassion. And self-compassion. We would never say to someone, please hurry up and heal your broken leg, you're taking too long. Healing takes time, so let's give ourselves a little time as well as understanding that it's process. And in the case of money, it's an ever-blooming gift that's never quite complete. Let's take a look at the 10 ways we can heal improve, and strengthen our relationship with money. Number one, keep in mind, desiring or wanting money is not evil or bad. It's never really about the actual dollars or currency. It's not really about money, but it is about the why. Why do you want money? What good does it bring to your life or what function does it have in your daily life? and the life you dream of creating. As long as you see or feel that money is a bad thing, earning and generating money will always be an elusive target. Imagine if you were playing a game of basketball and the basket kept running away, moving away from the ball automatically all on its own. You get frustrated, upset, and maybe even give up altogether. To make matters even worse, in some circles, that would be an acceptable thing to give up because after all, money is bad or money is evil. 
Let's start to acknowledge and find ways to see the good in money, the potential for good. That's why it's so important to know your why. Why do you want it? What good, beauty, joy are you creating with the tool of financial abundance? Okay, so that was number one. Number two, start getting comfortable talking about money, having honest and transparent money conversations. Because when we talk freely about money, we can start to heal our money trauma, shame, guilt, judgment. Talking about money in a healthy way can also help others to do the same. It opens the door to having honest conversations. We become empowered and we find that speaking our truth around money we experience personal freedom and liberation. The subject of money no longer has an unfavorable hold on us. Number three, knowledge that money is simply a tool, a vehicle, or even a symbol. Throughout the ages, money has changed form. It took the shape of wheat, water, livestock, and even seashells. Wheat, water, livestock, and seashells are not inherently bad, right? So today, money takes the shape of dollars or paper currency and coins. It also takes the shape in electronic ones and zeros in online banking or trading in the stock market. I think it helps to be reminded that money's neutral and we give it whatever meaning we were told to give it programmed to give it and now hopefully and more importantly what we choose to give it number four start observing your behavior around money how you treat money how do you spend make and save it do you make money with joy and a sense of fulfillment or obligation and resentment do you spend freely with gratitude or unconsciously, without a thought or care, unintentionally? Do you save money out of fear and insecurity, or with ease and lightness? If you find that you don't handle or interact with money in a positive way, perhaps it's time. Time to start tuning in and looking inward whenever you deposit a check or client payment into your account, or when you pay your next bill, or when you contribute to your rainy day or vacation fund. Acknowledge how well you're doing with your money and how well you're managing it. On to number five. You know, I'm a big fan of this one. It's gratitude. Having a gratitude practice specifically for money primes the pump of welcoming in more money it tells the universe that you like it and that you welcome more of it into your life allowing money to flow into your life becomes second nature and the blocks and frustrations around money slowly break down and dissolve i suggest listening to episode 21 which is titled how to use appreciation to become faster at manifesting. 
the Abraham technique that I'm a big fan of that I mentioned in that episode is called the Rampage of Appreciation. I explain how to start the practice and why it's so important and I briefly touch upon the function of appreciation in the manifesting process. So I'll be sure to link to the episode in the show notes so you don't have to go searching for it. Number six, respect your money as you would a valued partner. Be mindful of how you treat it. Start acknowledging your thoughts and feelings, honest thoughts and feelings around money, how you interact with it. If you have negative or unhelpful thoughts about money, you're less likely to invite more of it in or want to engage with it. Have you looked at your money situation with understanding and compassion? Do you take care of your money? One of the mantras or affirmations that I've told my kids time and time again is, if you take care of your money, your money will take care of you. They can finish my sentence before I do at this point, and I think They might even roll their eyes. I smile each time and I wonder if my advice is actually sinking in, but I have a good feeling it is. I hope this little mantra reminds you to tend to your money wisely and with care, as if it were someone special in your life. So, if you take care of your money, your money will take care of you. Number seven. One of my favorites, acknowledge the beauty in your life. Have you ever noticed that the arts, visual, performing, written, etc., etc., all the arts have an aspect of abundance and prosperity linked to it. Art and beauty can be made freely, however, for those who admire beauty and craftsmanship, but lack the skills and resources to create it themselves, but have a deep appreciation, will invest their time and money into it without hesitation. There comes a certain point where beauty meets abundance and prosperity. There are people that are happy to invest in beauty. Beauty stirs up emotions and feelings. Beauty inspires us and opens the door to possibility and expansion. Beauty can also be a wonderful way to soften harsher and more challenging thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. We can apply this softening around the challenging thoughts, feelings, and beliefs around money. Acknowledging and appreciating beauty can also help activate the vibrations or frequencies of prosperity abundance and wealth in our lives. An example of beauty and abundance is nature. I think we can all agree that nature's beauty is breathtaking and inspiring and that nature is abundant. We'll never run out of amazing sunsets, breathtaking landscapes, gorgeous night skies filled with stars. So, Can we now make that connection and develop that relationship into our personal abundance of resources 
and the beauty in our own lives? I think so. I think this suggestion is doable and actually a lot of fun. Okay, still with me? Great. Number eight is to get out of the cycle of worry and stress as quickly as possible. The challenge here is to see how fast you can notice when you're at the precipice of a downward spiral or despair. Usually they begin with a thought or thoughts. Then it leads into emotions. You may have a thought of not having enough money for something. Then that ignites emotions of disappointment, worry, frustration, or even anger. Emotions are a great indicator and a great signal that something needs to change. The emotions can lead to other thoughts which reinforce other unhelpful thoughts that ignite other unwanted emotions. You get the idea. We get into a loop or downward spiral, spinning our wheels, thinking things over and over again, worrying about things over and over again. So when this happens for myself, I like to just take a pause, take a break, and watch Abraham videos on manifesting. I like to listen to certain podcasts. And I also like to read and reread my favorite spiritual money books. I also talk to friends and mentors when that money monkey mind is starting to go crazy and wreak havoc. This brings me to number nine, community. Remember that you're not alone and there are others who are looking for money support too. Having someone or a group of people you can reach out to with your money struggles or frustrations will do wonders for your relationship with money. When we communicate our money woes and worries to others who are having similar experiences, we see that we are not the only ones, that we are not less than or terrible or irresponsible. This realization makes room for feeling better and better, little by little, step by step in the right direction. And we have the ability and the opportunity to heal and celebrate it. Reach out to like-minded friends and associates. Start making connections with others in groups you belong to. I suggest you go with your gut and use your intuition. When you're in groups and you are interacting with others, reading posts, or making connections, who feels safe? What group feels supported? I can tell you that when you find the right partner or partners, it makes a world difference. So I found my business buddy in a group. The group was not a spiritual group, but very mainstream with thousands of members. I happened to see her message or, or her question. I can't remember what it was, but there was some kind of post that she made. I forgot what she said, but um, I got a really good vibe from her. So I reached out. Coincidentally, she lives on Oahu and was willing to be my accountability partner for the program. 
We have been meeting once a week and that was about a year ago. She has made a great difference in my life, the entrepreneurial journey. I look forward to our Monday meeting. She is an amazing support system and a relationship I value immensely. Of course, we talk about money and life and our money highs and lows and struggles and wins. My friend, groups and partners are out there. You may have to try on a few to see if it's a good fit. Just like going shoe shopping, you have to try on different pairs to find the right one for you. Plus, you can always reach out to me as well. Okay, here we go. Last but not least on the list is to give it away. Releasing money, even though you don't have to, is a great way to build trust in your relationship with money. Make a donation to your favorite cause or nonprofit. Fund a project that's near and dear to your heart. Make a contribution to a local fundraiser. Have a client that gives a percentage of her sales to various charities of her choice. As spiritual entrepreneurs, you could do this or something similar. Maybe your clients and customers could choose from your list of charities and organizations that are special to you. There are so many different ways for you to practice releasing your money in a way that feels good. When you feel good and generous, unblocks the energy and the flow of money back to you. Subconsciously, you're showing yourself that you are responsible and good with money. That in your hands, money is a source of philanthropy and a vehicle used to help others. Money has a really wonderful purpose with you managing it. You also subconsciously tell yourself that money is a good thing and that money can be energized with a vibration of goodwill, kindness, generosity, and positivity. Your relationship with money strengthens because it opens the current of giving and receiving to nurture a symbiotic relationship. Okay, there you have it. 10 ways to heal, improve, and strengthen your relationship with money. Some are easier than others, and some are a bit challenging. But I believe you can do it. You don't even have to do all 10. Even if you did just one, it would make a world of difference. And if you do all 10 and want more, I've got you covered. There's always more. And like I mentioned earlier, the reason why I'm sharing these tips is because I need to do them too. I just happen to nerd out on them and I'm always on the lookout for more. Thanks for sticking around to the end, dear friend. Feel free to reach out with any questions or comments. I'll be sure to include my email address in the show notes for you. Until next time, may you start to mend and fortify your relationship with money and find your unique path to prosperity.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. Hopefully it brightens your day and inspires you to take action on your dreams. We'll leave the light on until the next time, friends. Keep shining because people are searching for your particular kind of magic.